Blog Talk Radio. And now I present to you that international Bible teacher of teachers, Seer Israel of Seavoil. He will utter dark things and mysteries which have been kept from the foundation of the world, showing us the way to go. Hallelujah, Yahweh. The True Israelites, with your host, the Seer of Seed Royal. To the four corners of the globe, praise his righteous and powerful name. Israelites. 
Israel, the Israelites. Brand new, brand new series there. And no fear. Excited. You got to punch a lot of buttons up right now. So we're going to get off into it. This is take number four or five. Trying to keep his hot server key in me so we can take care of his business on take number four. Remember one thing, Steve Royer. Remember what the elder said this broadcast is about? Left, where you left it at? 
That's where you're going to find it when you return, no doubt about it. The way you left it, that's the way you're going to see it when you come back. So we do go way up there, and that bag will be right there, waiting on you when you return in grand style. So, so they be a fever. You come on the broadcast to uh, do, put your bricks in, so we're going to say, so they be a fever, princess, y'all probably get you that scene right. What's wrong with the microphone there? What's wrong? What's wrong with the microphone there, WCC? Let's try it again. Uh, a B Princess Israel. Yaquah B J C Ray. Yaquah bless you, see Israel, see Royal. Hallelujah, Yaquah. Hallelujah, All right. A B Princess Princess Israel. She ready to put her brick in for take number four. Well, we might as well go and get something going on, no doubt about it, by going looking right at where it says in Luke chapter 12, verse 12. What did it say that here? Book of Luke chapter 12, verse number 12 reads, For the righteous spirit shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. In that very same hour, the righteous spirit will teach you what you ought to say. But we have to be clear that we understand, you got to understand what you're dealing with according to Scripture. So early in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 2, the angel was sent down to Ezekiel to talk to him for a minute. And he told him something in Ezekiel chapter two. He made a he made a profound statement to the to the old elder, to the old seer. He came to him. He told what he told him. He says in the second chapter, verse two and verse one and two. Now what he says in Ezekiel two one down to verse number. Well, you might well just, well, you might well take it all the way down to verse number two, all the way down to verse 10. I mean, I, I, I did try to cut it a little bit, but what spirit of y'all off and off there, just go through the whole two, one through 10, and on the international side, it's packed to the rim over 900,000 plus on the international side. So we're just going to do spirit led from, from the tone. By looking at what it says, and two, one down to verse ten, and Sister A B of Phoebe Israel, have me the third chapter of Ezekiel waiting on me. The third chapter, we look right down at uh one down to verse number seven. Then it'll pick it up right back again, Elder at eight. Take it down to verse number thirteen and twenty-seven. Let's see what we get going. See what we get going on. A B of three, one down to verse eight, and the other gonna pick it up, pick it back up at verse number nine, twelve, and verse number twenty-seven. That's what we're gonna do. Come on, A L two, one down to verse ten. Take your time, the other live broadcast tape, folks. Come on. The book of Ezekiel, chapter two. 
number one through ten reads. Ezekiel chapter two, verse number one reads. Son of man, stand upon your feet, and I will speak unto you. Verse number two. The Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me, and set me upon my feet, that I heard him that spake unto me. Verse number He said unto me, Son of man, I send you to the family of Israel, to a rebellious nation that have rebelled against me. They, their fathers, have transgressed against me, even unto this very day. Verse For they for they are impotent, children, headed. I do send thee unto them, and I shall say unto them, Thus saith Yahweh. Verse number five. And they, whether they were here or whether they were forbear, for they are rebellious family, it shall they know that there have been a stuff among them. Verse number six. And thou son of man, be not afraid of them, neither be afraid of their words, though Brian. And the briars and thorns be with thee, and thou dost dwell among scorpions. Be not afraid of their words, but be dismayed at their looks, though they be a rebellious family. Verse number seven. And thou shalt speak my words unto them, whether they were here or whether they were forbear, for they are most rebellious. Verse number eight. Without son of man, hear what I say unto thee, be not thou. Rebellious with a rebellious family, open thy mouth and eat that I give thee. Verse number nine. And when I looked, behold, a hand was sent unto me, and lo, a roll of a book was therein. Verse number ten. He spread it before me, and it was written within and without. And there was written therein lamentation, mourning, and woe. Mm-hmm. You don't be rebellious like them Israel, them Israelites. Don't be rebellious like them. Don't do it. He said, you eat what I tell you to do, Ezekiel, and you go and get to be children of the book and speak my words to them. That's what he said. Now, Sister Princess Israel, what it says in verse 3 down to verse 8, 3 down to verse 8. And remember, um, bring that A read, Mike. Um, now, here's a man, six foot three, have actually caught you up on the bottom off with 14 shoes on. And now, what you going to do? How are you going to try to get your boys heard? He's six three with 14 shoes on. That's how you bring your read. A B F B B. Princess Israel, third chapter of Ezekiel, three down the book. From 3, 1 to verse 8, deliver. Come on. Ezekiel, chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. Verse 1. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, finest, eat this robe, and go speak unto the house of the family of Israel. Verse 2. So I opened my mouth, and he caused me to eat that robe. Verse 3, and he said unto me, Son of man, cause your belly to eat, and fill your bowels with this roll that I have, that I give you. Then did I eat it, and it was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. 
Verse 4, And he said unto me, Son of man, go, get you into the family of Israel, and speak with my speak and speak my words unto them. Verse five For you are not sent to the people of a strange speech and of an hard language, but to the family of Israel. Verse six not to many people of a strange speech and of any hard language, whose words you cannot understand, surely, had I sent you to them. They would have hearkened unto me, hearkened unto you. Verse 7. But the family of Israel will not hearken unto you, for they will not hearken unto me. All the family of Israel are imprudent, and hard and hard hearted. Verse eight. Behold, I have made you your face strong against their faces, and your forehead strong against their forehead. Mm-hmm. So he said, not, he said, now, he said, now, you're gonna see. I'm, I'm gonna make sure your head gonna be a little strong in the face. You gonna be able to stand them. If you stay in my word. Hey, what it says, we pick up verse number 9 down to verse 12 and 27. What it say? 9 to 12 and 27. What it say, The book of Ezekiel, chapter 3, verse number 9 reads, As an adamant harder than flint, and when made thy forehead, fear them not, neither be dismayed at their looks. So they be a rebellious family. Verse number 10. For he said unto me, Son of man, all my words, and I shall speak unto thee, receiving thy mind, and hear with thine ears. Verse 11. And go, get thee to them of the captivity, unto the family of thy people, and speak unto them and say, and tell them, the same Yahweh, whether they were here, or whether they were poor bear. Verse number 12. The Spirit took me up, and I heard behind me a voice of a great Russian saying, Blessed be the greatness of Yahweh from his place. Verse 13. I heard also the noise of the wings of the creatures that torch, touch one another, with the noise of the wheels over against them, and the noise of a great Russian. Verse number 27. Ezekiel chapter 3. Verse 27 reads, but when I speak with thee, I will open thy mouth, and thou shalt say unto them, The same Yahweh, he that heareth, let him hear, and he that forbeareth, let him forbear. For they are a rebellious family. For he said, if he's prepping Ezekiel, they are a rebellious family. Let them know. You're going to be bringing my word, but they're not going to pay you no never mind. Because if you're not going to pay him no never mind. So you see, but all I want you to do, Ezekiel, is make sure you got it on the tape. That's it. I want you got it on the tape. That's all we want to make sure you got it on the tape. Um, Amen, Phoenix, Israel. What it says in 613, the book of and uh, Elder, I meet you over in. Second Chronicles 19, 5 through 7, 9 and 11. 
Hey, Princess Israel, what it says in 613, the book of Daniel, to make sure he should get to the captivity. Let's find out what captivity that he wants Ezekiel to get to with a precept. What it says in 613, the book of Daniel, Daniel. Uh, Princess Israel. Daniel, chapter 6, verse 13. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captive of Yagdai Judah, regard not you, O king, nor the decree that there have signed, but make his, but make his petition three times a day. Mm-hmm. So you say... The captivity you want to get to is, is Judah. And Judah is the one you call today with some proverb words called African-American, Negro, and color. That's what you want you to get to. Matter of fact, what do Judah look like there, uh, A.B. or Phoenix? What they look like in 14, verse 2. What does Judah or the Bible look like? When you do the roll call, you have to get to Judah first. So when we go to the 14 chapter. Or the book of Jeremiah. What do you look like in verse 2 there, A.D. Ephesians? Jeremiah, chapter 14. Verse 2. Oh, you said, okay. Jeremiah, chapter Mm -hmm. chapter 14, verse 2. Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 2. Yadda Judah mourned and uh, murmured, and the, the gates thereof languished. They are black unto the ground. And the cry mm-hmm. of, Yadda, and, uh, the cry of Yadda Judah is gone up. Mm-hmm. So, so Judah is black folk. So Judah is black folk. So Yadda is telling Ezekiel the seer, you get to them black folks. You get to them black folks. As a matter of fact, hold that point you got there, Elder. Let's make sure we get a, a precept on black folks. So let me take you chapter 4, 1, 2, and 8. Let's get a precept on that. See, the Judah of the Bible, they got a, and they got a, a word that's on Judah, but it's a polluted word. It's, it's a corrupt word for Judah. They said Judah means you now today. No, I don't, I don't mean that. That is the corrupt word. Judah is the fourth son of Israel, and they are black to the ground. One thing you ain't going to change is they face is what they look like, black. Judah is black folks. Matter of fact, they're going to preach up there in 11 Kings chapter 4, 1, 2, and verse 8. They're going to take care of you and get on down the road for me. Be clear of this scholarly investigation of take number four, but that's why it's saying Ezekiel to black folks. Black folks call Israel the Israelites. Let's see what it says in Lamentation chapter four, one, two, and verse eight. Where's the Book of Lamentations chapter four, verse number one and two, verse number eight reads. Lamentation 4, verse number 1. Has the gold become dim? Has the most fine gold changed? 
The stones of the sanctuary poured out in the top of every street. Verse number two. The precious sons of Yachtah Judah, comparable to fine gold, how they esteemed as earthen pitches, the work of the hands of the potter. Verse number eight. Their faith is darker than a coal. Mm-hmm. So he asked the question, but why they esteem uh, as a, a, a earthly picture? He said, well, what happened to them? He said, what happened to them? What did they do? I know I made them black as a face, black as a coal, and I, made, and I compared them to fine gold, but now they like earthly pictures. What happened to them? Causes they fall. Hey, let's preach up that to the second chapter or the book of Jeremiah, it's not what we need to find out what happened then. See, we never be doing some scholarly investigation on what happened. Never find out what happened. In the book of Jeremiah there, in the second chapter of the book of Jeremiah, what happened to these people? Because he says, matter of fact, Jeremiah, he makes it plain. I mean, those got to hear to hear. What 
Romans 10, 30, verse 4. Jeremiah. Hey, Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 4. And these are the words that Yahweh spake concerning Israel and concerning Yahweh Judah. You see that? So when you read this Bible, this, this whole Bible is concerning the northern kingdom. The Bible is called the northern kingdom. The northern kingdom, Israel, Gentiles. Southern Kingdom, Judah. So when you're reading this Bible, that's all you're supposed to get out of the thing. It's concerning Southern Kingdom, Judah. Northern Kingdom, Israel. That's what you get out of this Bible. If you got to hear, let them hear. Hey, Elder, what it says that we can read, you say, now, I made them the way that they was uh, for that image to go but what happened in the second chapter, Elder, that we can read verse number one and two? Let's see what it says. As a matter of fact, uh, we might make, make a little meal out of it, Elder. We might look at Jeremiah 2, 1 down to verse 5 and 22. Let's see what it says in Jeremiah chapter 2, Elder, Israel, 2, 1 down to verse 5. And 21. What is that? The book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, verse number 1 through 5, and verse number 21 reads. Jeremiah, chapter 2, verse number 1 reads. Moreover, the word of Yahweh came to me, saying, verse number 2, go and cry in the ears of Yahweh, saying, the say of Yahweh, I remember you, the kindness of you. The love of your espousal, when thou wentest after me in the wilderness, in a land that was not sown. Verse number three, Israel, the Israelites was righteous unto Yahweh, and the first and the first fruit of his increase. All that devour him shall again. Evil shall come upon them, save Yahweh. Verse number four. Hear ye the word of Yahweh, O family of Israel. The Israelites, all the family of the nation, family of Israel. Verse number five. The same Yahweh, what sin have your fathers found in me, that they are gone far from me, and have walked at the vanity, and are be, and have become vain. Verse twenty one. Did I planted thee a noble vine, holy, a right seed? How then art thou turned into that degenerate plant of a strange vine unto me? Hey, Jack, now, you the man is saying? He said, what happened? He said, I know how I plant you. Huh? I, I plant you as a noble vine. How did you come unto me being a degenerate plant of a strange vine to me? He said, what happened to you? He said, I know what I did. What happened? And what we're talking about when you preach on Seth Nehemiah, you know, he said, I did from, yet I planted you as a noble vine. That's a that's, that's big word. So who are we talking about? He said, I made you a noble vine. That means a noble vine. That, that means 
setting the authority. He said, what will happen? So in Nehemiah 13, around uh, about verse 17, it talks about who he made the high noble tribes of Israel. He makes it plain, I made you a noble vine, but this noble vine, I have what's called rank and position. So who is he talking about he made as a noble vine out of 12 tribes of Israel? And they have to know that they was made a noble vine, although you are Israel, the Israelites. So in 13, verse 17, you know, can you have the national on his out there? Yahweh well, got ranking about what he do. He got ranking. What does that read in 13, verse 17? You know, come on. The book of Nehemiah, chapter 13, verse number 17 reads, Then I contended with the nobles of Yahweh Judah. Hey, So you see, Judah, listen, Judah, the fourth son of Israel, you are the lead tribe. If any side folks know Yahweh's word, it is you, Judah, because he made you as the noble. And when he and when he cracked the skies, he he told the seer exactly what he gonna be looking for. And twelve verse seven, he made a final statement, Elder. What he's saying, 12 verse 7, come humble, and we do it called private investigations, scholarly expert work, biblical scholarly work on the true Israel, the Israelites. The true Israel, the Israelites, have to understand one thing. Judah is the head noble of the Torah tribe. And when he come, he told Ezekiel Fear, he said, he said, um, Ezekiel Fear, are you the man of the hour right now? He, he said, yes. Well, then you put down what I tell you to put down. And what he put down in 12 verse 7, Hill? Because Zechariah, chapter 12, number 7 reads, Yaquala also, to save the tents of Yachah Judah first. And the honor of the family of David, the honor of the inhabitants of Yachah Judah, do not magnify themselves against Yachah Judah. Uh-huh. In this case, he come out to the camp. The camp of Judah will be saved first. So, so understand something. Those that got all these over religion. The Bible is not a religious Bible. It's the history of the rise and the fall of the 12 tribes of Israel and all the nations that have been driven at them. And matter of fact, and to be plain with them, um, Princess Israel, and Jeremiah 50, verse 7, we got to be plain about this thing. And 50, verse 7, it makes a final statement about any nation that you join on to that got a history, and that's why. Scholarly detective work must be done and laid right on the table so you can be clear about them. So in 50 verse 7, Prince of Israel, 
Let's talk about it in 51 Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 7. All that found them have devoured them. And their adversaries said, We offend not, because they have sinned against Yahweh. The habitations of justice, even Yahweh, the hope of their fathers. Mm-hmm. So you see, the, the policy for you to know, even in the day's time, every nation is a gift to true biblical Israel, the Israelites. We do what's called godly and detective investigation work. We're we going to do some expert work to let you know that who, the children of, of Israel today, every nation is against them. All of them is guilty. So when you look up with another nation, understand one thing. Every nation is guilty. According to Jeremiah, Chapter, what we read, what we read that from uh, again, uh, A.B., what we read that verse from again, 50, 50 verse 7 of the book of Jeremiah. So you have to know Israel. All of them are guilty. Now we're going to preach up there because that verse is pulled, you know, that verse is pulled in 49 verse 1, 8 down to verse 10. She was pulled in Genesis. When that was a reminder that that verse is full. So we're going to see where that verse is full from. You understand something, Judah? You got a special responsibility in Yahweh to lead and not follow. Eleven tribes have a special duty to do you once you wake up to understand your position. And his father's going to tell him plainly in the 49th chapter, verse 1, 8 down to verse 10. What is it say Come on. Genesis chapter 49, verse number 1, verse number 8 to 10 reads. Genesis 49, verse number 1 reads. And Jacob, Israel, called unto his sons and said, Gather yourself together, and I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last day. Verse number eight. You have died to them. You are he whom your brethren shall praise. Your hands shall be in the net of your enemies. Your father's family shall bow down before you. Verse number nine. You have died Judah as a lion's well. From the prey, my son, thou art gone up. He stooped down. He couches as a lion. And as an old lion who shall rouse him up. Verse number 10, the scepter shall not depart from Yachdah Judah, nor a Torah instruction giver, lawgiver, from between his feet, until Shiloh come, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Yeah. So we, we clear that when Yahweh built them clouds, them clouds, the people they're going to be looking for is one people. He said the rulership the order of his word, he's going to be looking for Judah. He's going to say, Judah, well done. He's going to say, my fact, 
This ain't going to tell Judah. Oh, hey, yo. What are you going to tell Judah in 25, 21 of the book of Matthew? This ain't going to tell Judah. He's going to tell Judah something when he comes, busting them clouds down. Judah, the fourth son of Israel, with the polluted word today, the one you call black Negro, one you call African American, colorful. That's what Judah is according to the Bible. This is Yahweh going to tell him if he do right, 25, 21 of the book of Matthew. What are you going to tell him there? The book of Matthew is 24, 25, verse 21 reads. Matthew 25, verse 21. Is Yahweh saying unto him, Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Thou have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. Enter thou into the joy of your Yahweh. They're letting you know that I'm going to um, pray for you to check out my business, Judah. So I'm going to make you ruler over what? We might as well get an entire prophecy on that. And they'll have me the 15th chapter, verse number 10. Because he's going to do some big things, Elder. But we got one of the mugs out of Camp One is coming on stage. So, so we got to bring Mother D up Israel. She said, see, I'm going to holler that microphone, too. I know what I got to be doing. But I'm going to holler that microphone a little bit, too. And I'm going to break that. So when you meet one of the mugs out of Camp One, Mother D of Israel, you say, Mother D of Israel. Yaquah BJLC race. Yaqua bless you, Sir Israel of Sea Royal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Mother. Well, Mother, we really took out the Yaqua's business, and you know one thing Judah got a great responsibility. So, we just got to read that Judah, Yaqua's going to ask Judah, you know, tell Judah, look at it, you've done your part, now give it to me, and I got it. And he said, your reward is by you doing, I'm, I'm going to make you ruler over many things. Now, we need to know how to be a business. When Judah rules, how is he going to rule? In the book called Revelation 2, 29. Now, this is the end time prophecy. This is how Judah going to rule, but we can be clear. You've been faithful over uh, a few things. Now, it'd be a feat to have me 64 verse Isaiah. Write it down for me, the A.D. 64 verse 4 and 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9. Have that weight on me, A.D. of Israel. So, that Lord of Israel, what is it say that we can read in Revelation 2? 25 down to verse 29. Let's talk about it, brother. Come on. Revelations chapter 2, verse 25 to 29. Verse 25. But that which, it, which you have already held fast till I come. Hold fast till I come. Verse 26. And he that overcometh and keepeth my, work, my works... Unto the end, 
to him will I give power over the nations. 27. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as the vessel of a potter's shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. Verse 28. And I will give him the morning star. 29. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the church, the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, Israelite. So we clear your reward if you do what this man telling you to do, you're going to be all right. Now, A.B. of Phoebe, Isaiah was on the clock in 700 B.C., and he was told something in 64 verse 4. And then you're going to precept that the first Corinthians 2 9, and we're going to ask the question, deliver your part of the knockout book. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 4. For since the beginning of the world, men have not heard, nor perceived by the ear, neither have the ear seen, O Yahweh, beside you, what he have prepared for him that waited for him. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the minds of man the things which Yahweh have prepared for them that loved him. First Corinthians chapter two, verse ten. But Yahweh have revealed them unto us by his spirit for the spirit searches all things yea the deep things of yaqua mm-hmm. so he have he have revealed it by his spirit and then you know what what is his work he said i don't care what you striving for in this world what yaqua got for you that wait on him you haven't seen on that one i think you haven't heard about it. You can't even comprehend what he got waiting that those that wait on him. It's got to wait on him. You got to make sure you line up with this Bible. So, understand that. But then, Job made a statement now, Francis, but in the book of Job, what happened in the book of Job there, for instance? Let me get a precept out of that. In the book of Job, it's a precept about that. Because he, when you understand these things, Satan have to come and listen to what Satan said that we can read that what Satan said in the book of Job. He said, he did not look those that wait on me Huh? That's what he say. 
you got to wait on Yahweh. But then here comes the tempter. He's going to say something to, um, and Yahweh is going to bring him on you too. And let's see what we can read about this. And Joe, this is Ishakar's boy. He's the one you call today. What's it called? Ishakar's boy. He's the one you call today, Mech. He's the one you call today. Got the pagan word on him called Mech. This is the father of the Mech. Right here. Joe. Now, Tula. You go, you go on your computer and you look up T-O-L-A. That's Ishakar's firstborn son. Now, Tula. There's a place over there in Mexico called Tula. Got San Diego or San Diego Tula. They got a great big old museum there in Tula, Mexico. Look at the word T O L A. Great big um, museum there. Tula is Ishikar's firstborn son. They got the biggest statue, which they call an Omar, the Omar's head and all that big old statue. But that statue is of, they call them the Omar's, the way they call them. I'm pronouncing the word wrong. But that is in the land of Mexico called Tula, T-O-L-A. Ishikar's firstborn son. And you will see what they look like when they first came to the shores of America. Not as big cats. They don't have a small nose, big lips, and the key to it is big pretty lips. Behind it, his head will have braids on his head. You see that? So the, the first Mexican of the Bible, which is a good word for a chulo, Ishikar's boy, was dark skinned people. And they look just like to all the rest of Judah and all the rest of them. And this statue they got over in the museum right now. And they got pictures of, of this uh, the king, Montezuma, Zuma 1 and 2. And Joe, they look like. They look like Negro too. Montezuma. Remember, Montezuma went down by Herman Cortez in the 1500s. When Herman Cortez taking him out in the 1500s, he took him out. Ishikar, the one you call Mexican, the one you call Aztec, and all these names that was added to him. But guess what? The pictures over there in the museum that's over there in Mexico, Tula, T-O-L-A. All you computer wins, pull it up. And you will see the pictures of Montezuma one, Montezuma two, and all the kings. And get what they look like. Negro. Because you know why? The Mexicans, they were Negroes looking, but they were from the tribe of Tula. T O. Because the movie of Israel. What is this? It's 49, verse 11. Of the book called. What it says in 49 verse 11? Let's pause just for a minute. Take care. 
going Genesis chapter 40. Because see, you got a lot of Mexicans today, don't, they don't know who they are. They think they're Christians and everything else. And the children of Israel, Middle Eastern people, and don't understand the Mexicans, you're from the sinners of Pentecost. And this book called The Origin of the American Indian by Lee E. Hudson, H-U-D-D-L-E-S-T-O-N, he let you know that the Aztecs, the Mayans, all them that tell them with them wicked names they got on them, they are the Mexicans. On page 88, it tells you the Mexicans are the original of the ten tribes of Israel that was captured by Demonetho of the family of Ishakar. So I will just pause for a minute because when you go now and about 200 miles away is a, is a Veracruz. V-V-E-R-A C-R-U-S. About 200 miles away, that's the way about stop at Veracruz. C-E-R-A-C-R-U-Z. But remember, you was not taken down until 1519 by Herman Cortez. And he comforted you in about 1521. And that's when they started taking you away and start blending you into different cultures. You know, then they brought the schools over and everything else. But in 1521, that's when you were totally conquered by Cortez, Herman Cortez in 1521. But Montezuma 1 and 2, they got pictures of, of Montezuma in this museum. And they got a, a whole lot of ancient pictures of but they're really not Mexican. The place is called Tula, G-O-L-A, Mexico. 200 miles away from D-E-R-A-C-R-U-C. 200 miles away from there. You go in there and you go into the museum and you look, you'll see a great big old head. What's your head called again, Elvis? Oh, man. That's what they call it. But it ain't. It's Tula. It is the, it is the king of Issachar, Tula. Because when Tula got there, he knew the prophecy said in 49, verse 11. Hey, Mo, read that again, Mo. Uh, Psalm 49, 11. Read again, Mo. See up this level. Read again, Emma. Oh. Can you re, uh, re, uh, say it? I wasn't at the table. Can you read when, um, 49 11 one more time? Oh, okay. <clears throat> Get this. 49 verse um, 11. One more time. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm trying to... Oh, do I? Okay. Uh-huh. 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 Uh-hu
Okay. Uh, Psalms chapter 49, verse 11. Their inward thoughts is that their families shall continue forever and their dwelling place to all generations. They call their land after their own name. Mm-hmm. They call their land after their own name. Now here, now here, now here what we're saying. You go run your computer right now and you can look up Tula that's over there in Mexico. And guess who Tula is? See, it's five the minute. We're doing some scholarly investigation about the children of Israel. So we're doing scholarly investigation. So we're taking a lot of things about this, but a lot of information is going to come out on the run. So those that make up tapes, you have to put the title with the lesson because we don't know what we're going to do by, by Luke 12, verse 12. But we're going to do some scholarly investigations, letting you know that the message of the Bible is from the tribe of Ishakov. So you know you like they love to get uh, investigated, find out what, what, where you from and not. The Bible is the investigation. You don't know where you come from. You got to get it from the Bible. Those who call themselves nations today is from Intercom. And they from, and, and the one that came over here, his name was Tula. And we're going to find out who Tula is. Come on, help me out, yo. And 46 chapter Genesis, verse number 8. The book of Genesis. Chapter 46, verse number 8 reads, Genesis 46, verse number 8 reads, And these are the names of the family of Israel, the Israelites, came into Egypt, Jacob and his sons, Reuben, Jacob firstborn, verse number 9. Uh-huh. Good. And the sons of good. That's good. Now, get down to verse 13, so we know we're in that line of the children of Israel, we're in that line, and we got the children of Israel, and their father is Jacob, whose name was changed of Israel, and Reuben was the firstborn son. Get down to verse 13 and see what we got. The book of Genesis 46, verse 13. And the sons of Issachar, Tula, Puvah, and Joseph. And Jim Ron. You see that? These four songs right here? These four songs right here is the four songs of Ishakar. Over there in Mexico today, they got a bell where they first landed at. Them, he called the place that he landed Tula. Tula. That's what it's every night. And matter of fact, it's like it's 200 miles away from B-E-R-A-C-R, Bear Cruz. It's 200 miles away from there. That's where Tula landed at. Now, but the king, Tula got a brother. His brother is the third son. And what's the third son name again, uh, Elder? Sons of Issachar, Tula, Puva, and Joe. You see that? And Joe. So, Tula and Joe, they are brothers. They got the same father. 
So, so this guy you found out doing scholarly investigation work. What does Job look like in verse thirty? Verse thirty. What do Ishakar boy Job look like? Thirty. Verse thirty. The book of Job thirty, verse number thirty reads. Book of Job chapter thirty, verse number thirty reads. My skin is black upon me. Hey, that yeah. So you see, the Mexican, which is a polluted word for Ishakar descendants, Tula, skin was black folk. They first came to the shores of second part of Shem's land that you call today America. They were black folks. Tula was the one that, and right now they got a city. Right now you go on your computer and you look up Tula right now. In fact, hey, look up, look, look up the word Tula right now for the other. We got a little time. Look up Tula and tell me. They got another name on Tula right now. Look up Tula, Mexico. Let's see do that exist and how far it is. Because they got a museum there. They got all the ancient pictures of the descendants of Tula. They remember Montezuma one, Montezuma two. They got all type of statues on them. They got the great big old head. What's the head called again, Al? Old Mac. Old Mac. That old Mac guy. Wide nose, wide lips, and then you go behind that great big old head, and you know what you're going to see? Braids in his head. So all the kings of, of Tula, all them statues, you some great big old monuments you see, Jimmy's. Kings of Tula, and Tula is Ishakar, and they were black folks, looking just like Negro today at that time, and behind them statues that's in that museum, he got braids on his head. So who that looks, so who that is? Yep. Now where is this, is this place exists ever called Tula? I mean, um, Tulo, Mexico, is a search is, is in a place on that uh, computer that exists today and where it's located at El. Tula, Mexico. Mm-hmm. One second. Yes, sir. We got plenty of time. Well, let's just let you know. We're doing scholarly investigations on this series called The True Israelite, Israel the Israelite. Let you know that, and right now you go to, to those that been to Mexico or want to go on your telephone, you're going to find a place called Tula, Mississippi. And there, you got a museum there, and that museum got the big head of the king of Tula. Montezuma one, Montezuma two, all of them is over there. And give me a little light. They look like Negro. And they, and that big old head got 
braids behind his head. So whoever, when they were posing for the picture, they put braids on his head. So now who that fits? And that's the original Mexicans of the Bible. So understand something. The original Mexicans of the Bible is dark skinned, look like Negro. Until Herman Cortez got over there and kept you the same in. Came over there and copied you in 1521, and then they blend their scene in with you. That's how you can come pale and high, high yellow and looking all, all high brown is looking. But not in the beginning. What you got here? I'm from the uh, online Britannica encyclopedia, and it reads, Tula, Mexico. Tula, ancient capital of the Tartics in Mexico. It was primarily important from approximately 850 to 1150 CE. Although its exact location is not certain, an archaeological site near the contemporary town of Tula has been presented choice of historians. See that? But they, they put another name on it called Tortex. But the Tortex, the same word is Tula. See they do? See, remember, they changed the name. They got now called Tortex and Aztec. But Tortex and Aztec, which you call today Mexican, but they really are Ishikar's firstborn son. See? So you see how when you do scholarly investigation work, there it is right there. And the place is 200 miles away from D-E-R-A-Q-D-E-R-A-C, Veracruz, C-R-U-Z. It's 200 miles away from there. So if you want to know what the original Mexican little lot, what they call Aztec, Mayan, and they descended of Tula. When they look like before they was uh, Catholic, right, and all that, go right into the museum. Why you in Tula? And say, show me that biggest uh, Omar's stack head. And look at him real careful. You're going to see him looking just like old Negro. Why no? Nice, big, fluffy lips. Then walk behind that gray big old head. And you're going to see brave. And then was the king that, and they got about 18 statues over there in Mexico. Really in Tula. Got about 18 statues. They covered all kinds of theories about it. No. That is Tula, the king of Tula. That's who inhabits that land. You call the land after your name. So name is right there now in Tula, Mexico, Tula. And Tula is Intercar's boy. But which is his firstborn son. So that was his strength. Job is the third son. And Job, they said Job's skin is black, so what color was Tula? And then we go to Saxon, there it is. So remember, original Mexican, 
a dark gem with woolly hair. So you ask your parents, parents, although you might be high, high brown, but just ask, ask your mama, you remember what your grandmother said? No, we, we come from black folks. Dark black folks. Thanks to Herman Cortez, that's the one that mingled us up. We were black folks. Huh? Yeah. See, that's what investigations do for you, but we that's enough of that. Let's get back to what we was on. So I want to make sure you understand Mexican. Don't get high-minded, because we know who you are, too. You are your, your DNA. We're going to do your, uh, have somebody go investigate you. Let's not forget all that. You for the sins of Ishakar. The Mexicans, you are the sins of Ishakar. Your first parent was jet black, woolly hair, braids in the head, and you go right to the museum over there in two lot of days, go to your computer and pull it up. The picture of Tula is right there today. Big nose, wide nose, wide lips, and behind his head is brave. Now, who do that? Hey, that's called when you do come to the private and investigate the detective agency or the six and all the camps called Walker's look like. We know who you are, and we know what your responsibility is. And we know what you're going to do once you finally come to understand the truth of the Bible. What do you mean, WCC, what are they going to do? Well, you know what you're going to do. This is what you're going to do. Uh, what are they going to do in the 31st chapter, verse number 4, down to verse 8, uh, in the book of Jeremiah. We, we know what you're going to do. See, we know sooner or later... What you do according to this Bible? All the tribes is gonna do this. That's why Judah got to get in order. He got to know what his position is. Because this is the Bible says that the Mexicans, all of them with the names they got, Puerto Rican, Spanish, all the names that ain't your name. You Ishikar. You from Tula. But her three boys stayed on. Is right now is it was called West Africa. Joe, the Greek brothers, and give them their life. They look like Negro. So why do you think Tula don't look like Negro? Negro, Negro, Tula Black was his, was Ishikar's firstborn strength, and he the one that came over to America. But his other three brothers stay. Some of them stay in West Africa. You go pull them up. And they look just like Negroes today. So how can one look any different? No, it looks the same way. Same way. 31st chapter. But this is what won't happen to everybody. That's why they keep telling Judah. Got to wake up. Wake up, Judah. Wake up. This is what's going to happen. Let's see what he's saying in verse number three. We're going to... No. We take a verse number one. Might read it to it. Might make a little meal out of it. You know? We take a one down to eight, and we'll find out when it happens for you. He's gonna tell you something. What he's gonna do for you? And verse number twelve. 
from the land of the enemy. Judah, and they call themselves 
they got a word called the more. More only means in Latin, black Judah. That's all it means. That's the word more means. Black folks. Turn coat from the tribe of Judah, Benjamin Levi and Simeon, that came over with, with Christopher Columbus in the late 1400s and Cortez in the 1500s. You know, getting their 30 pieces of silver. They spoke to you in the Hebrew tongue, lowered you in, and they cut you out of the head. So, so remember, because you got the same color you got. got don't make them right. Look. You got to watch them all over the pages of this book. They brought the Moors, which is Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon, and that word only means black, black turncoat in Latin. That's all that means, black folk. Turncoat. Matter of fact, this uh, Belgian king, uh, what's that Belgian king name, Elder? That Belgian king named Leopold. That's Elder. That's Lehigh. He had Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon. The Latin called them Moors to beat your back and cut you on the head. They don't want to cut your wrist off. If you bring up gold, the king of Belgium, Leopold, he had Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon, because all of them was upon Judah, and they was called the Moors. The Moors only is a word that means black turncoat Israelite. That's all that means. Black turncoat Israelite. That's all the word Moors means. The Latin word for black turncoat Israelite. They'll tell you out. And they and they descendants is here today. Keep that in your mind. So you hear a person call it just the Moor, give them the proper definition of the word means black folks that is for higher. Thirty pieces of silver. They got a Judas spirit on them. They the one that Christopher Columbus brought five of them that spoke the Hebrew language. He spoke to you now called Mexican, Puerto Rican, and Cuban. In Hebrew, they lowered you in and they beat your back. Leonor, Leopold from Belgium. He hired you to tell the old Negro Judah, turncoat more, cut their hand off if they don't bring enough gold. That's how they got rich and bail. But you got to know all this history. See, we're we not anti-anybody. But I think it's to reveal the true Israelites by using expert, detective, scholarly work. And enlighten those we got in here. That's why it's so important to support what we're doing, the six on the camp, the boss of to his wife, Yahweh's boss of to his wife, and donate to his ministry for land, school, banquet hall, and radio station. Hit that PayPal. Huh? Unless you graded in uh, Abraham in 7 verse 4, 10%. Put it in that PayPal. What we'll do, we'll make sure you got Big old facility where you can bring your your grandmama in before they get up out of here, and the babies is coming. Come to the school and learn. That's why you got to know your Bible friends on every perspective, because they are the lead tribe. So we come to you humble to wake you up, help us build a school to help you. True, 
band, banquet hall, radio station. I mean, frog school. To do what? Help your parents. Because you know what they have got to say. You get ready to read it in Michael, chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Hey, Bill, Israel, what did it say? Michael, chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Micah, chapter 2, verse 10 and 11. Verse 10. Arise you and depart from this is not your rest, because it is polluted. It shall destroy you, even with the sword destruction. Verse 11. If a man walking in the spirit and and falsehood do lie, saying, I will prophesy unto you of wine and of strong drink. He shall even be the seer of this people. Micah chapter 2 verse 10 Arise you and depart For this is not your rest Because of it is polluted It shall destroy you Even with the sore destruction mm-hmm. So See all on my mind right now Is what this world got to offer You tell you not this ain't your rest I'm bringing you up out of here is it all in your mind is that uh what what that thing to get again held when they retire? They looking for to get that what what name that thing again held? Four one K. Four one K. You wanna get a four one K, all right. Look, you you gonna you want to leave here. If you hear like the bet, I'm gonna get you out of here. You gonna leave here with your four one K in your hand. See you better you better invest in this right here. Don't worry about no 401k. You better invest in this because you come up out of here if you blood my kids like this thing. You coming up out of here. Now, don't be like the rich man. I'm going to parable Mother D up Israel. The rich man in a parable in the, in the 12th chapter of Luke, verse 16 out of verse 21, Mother. Let's see if we talk about this rich man. See, you might get on your mind of be a rich man, rich woman. But he's going to tell you something about this right here. So this is not, not your rest. Once you know you're a bloodline Israelite, this is not your rest. You're going to leave here. Now, I'm probably going to read that by Elder in the book of Ezekiel chapter 20 after we take care of the business with Mother D.F. Israel. Hey, Mother D.F. Israel, what do Luke chapter 12, verse 16 and 21 say? Luke chapter 12, verse 16 through 21 And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentiful, 17. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to restore my fruits, 18. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barn 
and build greater, and there will I restore all my fruits and my goods. 19. And I will say to my soul, Thou hast much good laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20. But Yahweh said unto him, Thou fool, this night your soul shall be required of thee. Then shall be, your soul shall be required of thee. Them who shall these things be which thou hast provided? 21. So is he that lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards Yahweh. You the man, fan? You're down verse 29 and verse 32. You the fan? So you can keep on thinking that you're going to get this all, the talents, benefits, and all that. You might still get it. But guess what? You got to leave here if you're his righteous man. And if you're not rich in Yahweh, he's going to call you to the place of one man. You will still be trying to do his work to my world. Well, I, my hands got to get my hands to me. How the economy, how tough it is. So what? Yahweh won't name tough on you. Trying to wake you back up to get in where you fit in it and make sure you rich in Yahweh. So we said in verse 29, 32. Let's say another day of Israel, 29 and 32. 29 to 32 or 29 and 32? 29 to 32. What do you say? Okay, Luke chapter 12, verse 29 to 32. Verse 29, and seek not you what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be you of doubtful mind. 30, for all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knows that you have need of these things. 31, but rather seek you the kingdom of Yahweh, and all these things shall be added unto you. Verse 32. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You see? See, Yahweh said, my pleasure to give you the kingdom. And matter of fact, you get a precept on that because you made up a final business in one verse this to Luke, our mother. So Peter asked the question. He looked. Before Yahweh, walking in all the commandments, the law, and ordinance of Yahweh, blameless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know why I said Luke. 
But I meant Acts chapter one, verse six. Thank you, Dale. Sit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, you got you got to make sure you and your partner is walking in the law, catching the commandments of Yahweh. That is true. But in the same token, Peter looked him eyeball to eyeball and looked. I mean, Acts chapter one, Mother dear of Israel. He looked down the eyeball to eyeball, and he said, "From two and one verse six, what did he say?" You said Acts one six. Yes, ma'am. That's what I said. One verse six. What do you say? All right. Acts chapter one. Acts chapter one, verse six. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Yahweh, will thou at this time restore again the kingdom? Of Israel. The Israelites. See that? So you ask me a question. Are you at this time coming store again the kingdom to Israel, the Israelite, at this time? See? So once once some time ago you had a kingdom. Israel, the Israelite. And Peter won't know. Are you gonna take care of this business now? No, Peter, I can't take care of it now, Peter. Because if they take care of now, it won't be no it won't be no reason for Yahweh brought them to Israelites try to wake up wake up the dead Israelites. Huh? So that's the question. Yahweh did now? What do you say, mother? And seven. And we'll read a little bit till we get our point. What do you say? Seven out of verse nine. Acts chapter one, verse seven through nine, verse seven. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time or the season which the Father has put in his own power. Verse 8. But you shall receive power after that the righteous spirit is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Judah and in all Judah and in Samaria and unto the utmost part of the earth. Verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. So we could take we can take care of the utmost part of the earth. That means over here in America. See, but we take care of no time, we're gonna take care of everything. The utmost part, he, he knew that you was coming over here in America. He knew you were coming over here. You come to America in 7 AD. Judah, Benjamin, Levi, and Simeon, they came up to America too. Came to Utah. Proper name is Judah. So you see, the Bible is told exactly what's going on. See, it's got to be a restoring back the kingdom again to Israel, the Israelites. It must be a, to a restore, but it's not going to happen sideline. So now, where we got, where we holding, Elder? Let's put that to the side and let me show you how what got to happen for the return of the twelve tribes of Israel led by Judah. 
certain things have to happen that we can read. And you got to watch it from the page of the book. In Second Chronicles, Elder, let's look at, uh, before you read Second Chronicles, read the order of things that what got to happen. Because Moses was the overseer in the 11th chapter. And Moses, he kind of got, he got a little weary. So he got weary, he got weary in the 11th chapter. And Yahweh looked, watched him, bucked his guns real good. So once he came up from there, then Yahweh delivered a knockout vote to Moses and told him exactly how to deal with the situation that you were under. Because Moses, he, he, he got frustrated. He said, you just killed me. I was like, I'm tired of these children of Israel, these Israelites. So he got frustrated. So Yahweh watched him bump his gums. Then he said in the 11th chapter, Three for fifteen. I'm sure. I'm gonna show you what Moses did. And sometimes they'll still feel the same way himself. In verse fourteen and fifteen, I'm gonna comment on verse fifteen, fourteen, fifteen. You know, sometimes they'll still get a little weird, but sometimes he get these verses and he get his spirit re- uh, revitalized. What it says in eleven chapter verse fourteen and fifteen. What it says to him? A number. The book of Numbers. Book of Numbers, chapter 11, number 14, verse 15 reads, Book of Numbers 11, verse 14, I'm not able to bear all of this people alone, because it is too heavy for me. Verse 15, If thou deal thus with me, kill me, I pray thee, out of hand. If I have found favor in thy sight, and let me not see my wretchedness. You know, the man said, so Moses got very frustrated. And look, these people, you know, murmuring, complaining, backbiting. They're doing everything. He said, well, you know, I, it's, I know I'm a descendant of these people, but what you mean? Where is he a descendant of these people that listen to Latter-day Saints? Let me, let me get a precept on that, uh, Prince of Israel. Let me get a precept that, on that in 723. Let me show you 22 and 23. Acts, chapter 7, 22 and 23. So sometimes you have to stop and sweep up the Bible for the big dignitaries because they, they got the children of Israel all out of order. So our job is to do some biblically scholarly detective work, expert work, to show you soundly that the children of Israel is what you call African-American and Negro. Huh? That's what true Israelites of the Bible is. They look like that you call African American Negro, but they're all the Israelites. So uh, who Moses is, let him tell you who he is out of the mouth of the fear in Acts chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. What is that, Prince of Israel? What does it say? Come on. Acts chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. Verse 22, and Moses learned in all the wisdom of the, you, uh, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm sorry. And was mighty in words and in deed. 23, and when he was full 40 years old, 
came into the mind to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. Yahweh's voice over to his wife. 
come to do to you. Hey, uh, ain't be offended. Give me that verse in. Well, you gotta recognize where you at right now. In the book of Sirach 51, 23, they tell the national artist in writing what he has read now. Uh, Princess Israel. Sirach 51, 23. Let the national artist know exactly what he has read now in this room. They are well. Sirach 5123, what do you have? Sirach chapter 51, verse 23. Verse 5123, verse 23. Draw near unto me, you unlearned, and dwell in the family of learning. So you're, you're, you're in the family of learning. You in the you in the room of learning. It's time for y'all to learn something now. You gotta learn something now. Can we come to teach you something now? We ain't gonna be taught. We come to teach you something. Who you are, how to identify yourself, days of old and now. Understand the process of Yahweh's word. You gotta know the truth of this matter. So, so come with big ears, a little mouth, and have your book, not for entertainment, but to write down these verses instead of these verses and y'all probably need right seeing. So you right now, you're in a temple, you're in a room of learning. We come to teach you something now. We won't let you know that the children of Israel is the one you call some pagan names, African American and Negro. The original Hispanic, Puerto Rican, Peruvian, they spoke father was Dark-skinned Negro until Christopher Columbus in the late 1400s and Cortez in the early 1500s, taking you back to Portugal and Spain, put schools up, and then rent y'all. That's why you got them pale, some, some high yellow, high brow look on you. Because your, your parents are from, from the way they did you. They took down, uh, you go on your, on your computer and look up uh, Montezuma 1 and 2. That's the one he's taking down, Montezuma, in 1521. He got over in 1519. Then, then you know what he did? He eased up to him. But you know, but you know what the Bible, the Bible said who eased up to you? You know what the Bible said about that? Let me show what the Bible said. Um, in the Surah chapter 12, verse 10 through 18, you know what the Bible, that's what we got to come teach you, train to come prepared, right? Note now, Surah, an angel come from heaven and made the final statement to Surah, the fear. He said, would you put this in writing? Because they don't care, no never mind, but somebody's going to read this right here. This is what he says. And this would happen to when Herman Cortez came to the place called now Mexico, which was Tula. He gathered other tribes that didn't want to pay, you know, the Negroes, the other Negroes that want to bump off Montezuma 1 and 2. He always got something that looks just like you. They're always behind. They're always going to be a snitch backbiter. So you got to watch them from the page of the book. 
They existed then and they exist now. Now watch one to ease up to you. They won't talk about everything but what the Bible says. That's your snake. That's your more called black folk. Okay? Gotta watch them. Huh? Gotta watch them real careful. Hey, what what is going to hell? Book of Sirach chapter twelve. Yeah. Give me um ten dollars verse eighteen. Look, look, look what he says. And Sirach, he told old Seal something, and it's twelve. But he pulled his verse from somewhere. And let's see what he says in twelve, verse ten to eighteen. What is that? Book of Sirach chapter twelve. Number 10 to 18 reads. Book of Sarah 12, number 10. Ever trust thine enemy, for like as iron rusted, so is his wickedness. Verse number 11. Though he humble himself and go crouching, you take good heed and beware of him, and thou shalt be unto him as if thou had wiped the living glass, and thou shalt know that his rust have not been altogether. Wiped away. Verse number 12. Set him not by thee. Leap. We have overthrown thee. He stand up in thy place. Neither let him sit at thy right hand. Did he seek to take thy seat? And thou at the last remember my words and be pricked therewith. Verse 13. Who will pity a charmer that is bitten with a serpent? Or any such as come nigh, wild beast. Verse 14, the one that goes to a sinner and is defiled with him in his sin, who will pity? Verse 15, for why he will abide with thee, but if thou begin to fall, he will not tarry. Verse 16, an enemy speaketh sweetly with his lips, but in his mind he imagineth how to throw thee into a pit. He will wipe with it, he will weep with his eyes. But if he had fine opportunity, he would not be satisfied with blood. Verse 17. If adversity come upon thee, thou shalt find him there first. And though he pretend to help thee, yet shall he undermine thee. Verse 18. He will shake his head, clap his hands, whisper much, and change his countenance. You see that? But he got a word called never. See, you tell you never trust your enemy. Never. I don't care what they bring to the table, but you got to know, according to the Bible, who your enemy. But according to the Bible, who your enemy. I tell you, it's not because you can't do business, women, work with your enemy. But he tell you, but don't trust your enemy. You can never trust. Now, he pulled that from Psalm 55, verse 20 to 23. That was pulled 300 years prior to Sarah's deal. So he was just on a, a reminder not to do it. But you got him some today. You, you mess around and fall all out with the enemy. The enemy's got a, a record on you and, and do things to you now. All of a sudden, I didn't know you was like that. See that? You know they were like that? Because you, know, you, you, you wasn't taught like 
the word that the elder read in 12 verse 10, the big never. Not that you can't do business with them, but never trust the enemy. Because they is going to deliver you up. And that's what happened to you in 1519. Herman Cortez came to the shores of Mexico with two little men. For two years, he skin and grin was sold of Tula descent. So Tula was running that whole area. Tula is Ishikawa's boy. Why you call him that? He galvanized other tribes to fight against you because they said about the gold that that you had uh, Montezuma one and two. And Cortez said they got them a gold over there. So he went to the manipulation bag. Told them, I give y'all his feet. Let's deliver him up. And the same one that helped Carmen Cortez in the early 1500s deliver him up, he turned right around and beat up the one that helped him. Because you had these symptoms. They had these symptoms right here. But they, when the enemy came, Herman Cortez came, he manipulated them again. Because you're not, you got to be reminded what not to do. Do it said in Psalm 55, verse 29 to verse 23. What does that help? The book of Psalms, chapter 55, 20 through 23. Yes, sir. Hey, what's that say? Book of Psalms, chapter 55, verse 20 through 23 read. Psalm 55, verse 20. He hath put forth his hand against such as be at peace with him. He hath broken his covenant. Verse 21. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter. The war was in his mind. His word was softer than oil. It was a drawn sword. Verse 22. Cast thy burden upon Yahweh, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Verse 23. But thou, Yahweh, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. Yep. They call these bloody and deceitful men. See, Carmen Cortez in the in the early part of the 1500s, look him up. He's among all them dark nations over there and and, and Mexico in that area because Tula, Montezuma, Ishikar's boy, they was they was they was the head man. And he manipulated them to help them to show them what he is. And he went over there and he cut Montezuma out the head in uh, 1521. And then he, he became high man. And all the promises of the 40 acres in the mule, he promised the other nations. He delivered them up. See what you did? See, we, we, we do that today. We let, we let them uh, we let them come and show up a suitcase full of money to betray your brothers and sisters, and you do it today. But the price to pay. According to verse 23, 
Let me call you when you uh uh deliver your brother, your sister of uh, Israelite bloodline descent. Let me say you are in verse twenty three. But then fifty five twenty three when you do these things, when you for hire just to deliver your brother. Verse twenty three. Look at Psalm fifty five, verse twenty three. But thou, Yahweh, shall bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. You see that? See, you're going to lose. You're going to lose with the 30 pieces of silver. When somebody bring you something, you know what you're supposed to say? When somebody bring you something, and they come to you, you know, ease up to you, and they bring you, and now they're telling you, oh, they're talking about the Bible to you. And the conversation changed. Do you know the Bible changed what you're going to do behind that? All of a sudden, the conversation changed. They, they ease up to you, might bring you a, a something you don't go be eating, like chicken, hog, and pig, sandwich, you don't go be eating. And they ease up to you. Uh, Princess Israel, ease up to you. Do you know the Bible tells you what you're supposed to say when they ease up to you in the, in the book of St. John? It's something you're supposed to say in the ninth chapter. When they, when the conversation came, all of a sudden they, are, they got you where you're nice and comfortable. You're going to tuck off your shoes, you know. And they all of a sudden they're going to throw some off. You know what the Bible says you're supposed to say behind that when somebody throws something on you? Let's see what he says the Bible says. It says, the Bible says in uh, the ninth chapter, I'm struggling now, I'm struggling now, verse 23. What the Bible says you're supposed to say when they, all of a sudden, they start asking you about somebody else. They got you where you don't touch your shoes off, you don't got comfort. All of a sudden, the wicked store asking you something. Let's see what you pull and think behind it once they get some talk. Verse 23. 9, 23. What? What? Okay, John. Oh, okay. Chapter 9, verse 23. St. John 9, 23. What's you supposed to say there, Abel? John, chapter 9. Verse 23. John chapter 9, verse 23. Therefore said his parents, he is of age. Ask him. You see what he said? All you both say when he comes, he's up to you coming to ministry. Now they won't talk past the Bible. You come for the Bible, but now you won't talk about something else. You won't talk about somebody else. No. Hey, boy, wouldn't you tell my that person over there? Well, he's an angel. He's an angel. Ask her about that. You got to understand this thing. The Bible already laid out for you. These mysteries you got to understand. Because you have them come in all directions. The motive ministry explodes on the, on, the, on, the, on the scene. Internationally, you have all type of hypocrites will come to you and ask you all kind of wicked questions. But they're going to use so when they do, people say, the person you talk about, they'll age when you ask them. Yeah, that's how you bust them in the middle of the street. 
huh? Then you know you then you know you got a, a rat in your mix. They change the conversation when we talk about something else. Then you know you got a rat in the mix. You see? You can you can you can yeah. Once you understand when you were were up in this Bible, then you 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 people tag for the rat that's gonna come. Sticking on the camp, they on their way. Can't get to the path for it now. So now we find out, Elder, in the book of Numbers, we found out that uh, Moses had a task to go find 70 men of Israel, and it had the same spirit on him. And then, what did Yahweh do in 20, verse 22 and 23? Now I need that verse, Elder. What, what did he do in St. John 20, verse 22 and 23? What else? Look at St. John 20. Verse number 22 and verse 23 read. St. John 20, verse 22. And said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive you the righteous spirit. Verse 23. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. Whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. I ain't that something. You hear what the man said? He said, and this he said, we interpret it first. And when Yahweh breathed on them, they received the right to see Then he gave them the power. Whoever you uh, say all right, in heaven they all right. Whoever you said low down on the earth, they low down on the earth. That's the power received by the trade. That's what you just said. So he breathed on them. Hey, 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 they're what, what did he breathe on them in Proverbs 1, 2, and 3? What did he breathe on them? What do you mean by he That's what we come to do. With you, National Order, we come to breathe on you. Huh? He breathed on them and told them what you saying. Whatever you you say pertains to an individual is sealed up in heaven. Where you disallow down on earth is disallowed in heaven. That's what he just said. That's the perfect place. So Yahweh done what for him? 123. Proverbs. What is that? What's that? What's that? What is it doing? Proverbs 123. Yeah. So you see, you see what Yahweh was doing? He was giving the word. Because he was praying in St. John 6, 63. Uh, Prince of Israel was praying. St. John 6, 63. So Yahweh, what he was doing, he was pouring the word on him. He wasn't giving him a kick and a jump and a fall and a run down and fall all out with cheeks thrown all over you. Big jiggers getting up and out of feet peeping. Because he got one of them sharp men in church on. Mama Julie coming throwing sheets all over each other, hide through nakedness. No. He taught them what to do in time to come. He breathed on them. I'm trying to breathe on y'all now. What? The word of Yahweh. To be prepared because the more, which means black, wicked Israelites, they on their way. They're going to come looking for you, six and nine account. 
and they're going to try to ask you questions pertaining not of the Bible. You're supposed to have an answer for them. Whoever you want to talk about, if it ain't about me and you, they of age, ask them. We got to get you prepared. It's going to happen. Next on their way. So in St. John chapter 6, 6, 3 there, Prince of Israel, what is it that we can read? St. John 6, 6, 3. St. John chapter 6, verse 63. It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The word that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. You can't get the word in you. Yaquan sitting waiting to do something big, but you got to organize yourself. What kind of way? Do the word. And we got to look at you and see uh, Ezekiel 11, 19 of Prince of Israel. When we look at you, we got to see Ezekiel chapter 11, 19. We got to look at you and see Ezekiel 11, 19. What is that? Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19. And I will give them one mind, and I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the stony mind out of their flesh. And I will give them a, a mind of flesh. See, you got to remove that old stony mind, that old wicked mindset, that stony mind out of Precept chapter 36, 25 to 30. They are Israel, precept that. Ezekiel 36, 25 to 30. See, that we trying to do from now. No, you got to get rid of that stony mind you got, that old wicked mind. You know, that backbite, murmuring, complaining man. Got to get rid of that. Then Yahweh will work with you. Huh? He'll work with you. He'll watch you everybody from the page of the book. Got to get rid of that bad spirit you got on you. Backbite, murmuring, complaint. Ezekiel 36, 25, and all verse 30. What is that? Christian Israel. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25 to 30. Verse 25, then I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and you shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will clean you. I will clean you. Verse 26, a new mind also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony mind out of your flesh, and I will give you a new mind of flesh. Verse 27. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. Verse 28, and you shall dwell in the land that I give, I gave to your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your Yahweh, Y-H-W-H. Verse 29, and I will also save you from all your uncleanness, and I will call you, call Cause, and I will call for the corn, and I will increase it, and lay no famine upon you. Verse 30, and I will multiply the fruit of your tree, and the increase of the field, that you shall receive no more reproach of famine among the nations. 
30, 90 days, then another 90 days, another 90 days. Man, we the kings. Put the meat. Put the king's meat down. The king's meat is that chicken. It is that cow in that hog. Put them animals down so to get your body back in order. Your body can't function with the king's meat. That's why you got some diseases in the body in the king's meat. Chicken down. Put it. Cow down and put his hog down for 90 days. Then go back to Doc Cook and say, look at me now. God, no. What you been doing? I left your kids me alone. You ain't got to go have no high blood pressure, taking all the medicine and pills. Put the king's meat down. Walk away from that king's meat for 90 days and watch this in your body. Doc Cook, you come over there trying to get some information from you. What you, what you read, Princess Israel? What you read? First John, chapter 3, verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Because we keep his Torah instructions, his commandments, and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. You see, if that ain't not ask me something, you don't put the king's knee down? What you want me to do for you? You know what what messes up? We'll mess around and eat where the other nations told us to eat, then end up in trouble. We go order stuff that they know you're gonna order. Then you don't want to know why you got messed up. Because you mess around the king's meat. If you leave the king's meat alone, you ain't gonna have no problem. They can't do nothing to you. You can put the king's meat down. They put their work and stuff in the king's meat. You know what they seen? Uh, the catfish, farm-raised catfish. What do you mean by farm-raised? The crap that you got on your table and put in his, in, the, in his mouth. He told me a catfish from the get-go. See, this is what happened to us, dear. Listen to me. Twelve tribes in the bloodline. King's meat. Trapped in the king's meat. And it's going to keep your body out of order. It's going to always keep him trying to examine what your problem is. Just tell you, you know what your problem is? Really, but we can't tell you. Because you, you got to understand our position. See, you don't know our position, and that will make you up. See, you think we there to help you, and we not. See, you don't know our, our order. That we was uh, ill. And the please act the one fifteen. See, they don't know about please act the one fifteen. They don't know when you precept at the seven thirteen. See, and we always acting Doc Cook, what happened? What's wrong with us? Again, you know, do you know what it says in the please act the one fifteen? Hey, what is there in the please act the one fifteen? Look at Ecclesiastes, chapter one. Verse number 15 reads, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse number 15. Book of Ecclesiastes 1, 15 reads, That which is crooked cannot be made straight, and that which is wanted cannot be numbered. Mm-hmm. So you see what he said? I 
I made somebody and they cannot be made straight, then you will say, well, I'm going to straighten this one out. Well, how are you going to straighten up something that Yahweh said he made crooked? In your precepts at the 713, hell, what is it saying in Ecclesiastes at the 713? Well, Ecclesiastes 7, verse 13 reads, Consider the work of Yahweh, who can make that straight, which he have made crooked. How are you going to go past a, a, a less uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Elder? Unless you got some 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 10 in you. Um, 20, 20. Unless you are uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 22. Uh, unless this is you. This is you. 1 Corinthians 10, 22. Look at 1 Corinthians 10, verse 22. Do you provoke Yahweh to jealousy? Are you stronger than he? <laughs> Are you? Are you? Are you? Are you stronger than he is? You provoke him to jealousy. I don't think so. He tell you what not to do, what you're doing anyway. He tell you in verse 20 and 21 something. But you pay it on never mind. So we say in verse 20 and 21. What do you say, yo? The book of 1 Corinthians 10, verse number 20 reads, But I say that the things which the nation sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to Yahweh. And I will not that you should have fellowship with devils. Verse 21. You drink the cup of Yahweh. And the cup of devils. You cannot, you cannot be partakers of Yahweh's table and the table of devils. He said you can't do it. He said you can't do it. I don't care how things have been to see this. He said you can't do it. But you said, well, well I'm telling you, uh, I'm telling you. Well, okay, that's why you're here always jacked up by Jack Cook. That's why your blood pressure all sky high. Huh? And got all these problems in your body. Because you don't want to hear what the Bible saying. You see? The Bible saying you can't do it. This man, he told you plainly how he operated off uh, hell in the 46th chapter, verse 19 of Isaiah. Huh? He told you how he operated in the 46th chapter, verse 19. What did he tell of Isaiah? The book of Isaiah 46. Verse number 9, verse number 10 reads. 46, verse number 9. Remember the former things of old, for I am Yahweh. And there is none. I am Yahweh, and there is none like me. Verse number 10. Declare the end from the beginning, and from the ancient times the things that are not yet done saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Verse number 11. Calling the ravenous bird, calling the ravenous bird from the east, the man that executed my counsel from a far country. Yeah, I it. But also bring it to pass, and purpose it. I will also do. This man say he called me in from the beginning. So he tell you he called me in from the beginning. Then he make it plain and and aim a three verse seven how he operates. 
backed up with the precept in 10 verse 7 of Revelation. He tell you how he operates. Well, why you don't want to pay no number mind what's going, what he's saying? Why you have a problem of paying the Bible no never mind? He tell you how he operates. The reason why we got so many sick problems today because you you don't pay his book no never mind and you contrary to his book. Although he do some things in Amos three verse seven with the with the precept of ten verse seven revelation hell, he makes it plain to you. What do you make it plain? Come on. Book of Amos chapter 3, verse number 7 reads, Should that choir will do nothing, but he revealed his secret unto his servants, the seers. Revelation 17, I mean 10 verse 7, Book of Revelation 10, verse number 7 reads, but in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of Yahweh should be finished, as he has declared to his servants, the seers. He, he had already declared to his servants the seers. Do you know who only got a ministry in the Bible? Do you know who only got a ministry in the Bible? In the book of Hosea, chapter 12, verse 10. Do, do you know who only got a ministry in the Bible that we can read? We're going to read who only got a ministry in the Bible. So I'll read another fear in the 12th chapter, verse 10, and then we're going to tell you your only way out is verse 13. This is what, what the hell we're going to bring on the table in 12, verse 10. And 13. This is real Catholic. National Come The book of Hosea, chapter 12, verse number 10, and verse number 13 reads, Hosea, chapter 12, verse 10, as also spoken by the seers, they have multiplied vision and used similitude by the ministry of the seers. Verse 13. Verse number 13 reads, And by seal of Yahweh, and by seal, Yahweh brought Israel out of Egypt, and by seal was he preserved. So you can take it the one you want to take. That's not, that's not what got a ministry. That's the only one ministry he's going to shoot down and have to it. The seal. And when you be delivered, you're going to be by the seal. See? Now I'm going to have you and tell you who is the seer. We're going to tell you something. You're going to tell you See, you have to get this. If you don't get nothing else right, you got to get this Bible right. I'm sure you understand what this Bible saying, and we only echo what this Bible says. We're not telling you nothing unless you hear it read first. When you read the book of Haggai, chapter 1, look what it says in verse 13. Then we'll read 14 after I found on 13. My fact, read verse 12, just make it sound good, yo. We're going to Haggai chapter 1, verse 12 and 13, and I'm going to expound on it before you read 14. Listen to we talk to Haggai the seer. And you can find out in verse number 1, Haggai is a seer. Verse 12. 
in verse 1. Somebody told Haggai in verse 12 and 13, and let those see a response, expound on what, what we just got through here. Psalm 13 says what? The book of Haggai, chapter 1, verse number 12, verse number 13 reads, Book of Haggai, chapter 1, verse 12. Then Zerubbabel, the son of Shatiel, and Oshia, the son of Jeshadak, the high priest, with all the remnants of the people, obeyed the voice of Yahweh their Yahweh. And the words of Haggai, the seer, and Yahweh their Yahweh sent him, and the people fear before Yahweh. Verse 13. This said Haggai, Yahweh's messenger, and Yahweh's message unto the people, saying, I am with you, save Yahweh. Hey, you hear the man say it? He said, verse number 12, he said, Yahweh, thy Yahweh has sent him. And tell the people, fear not. Yahweh is with you. Now, I'll tell you something. Yahweh is with you. Don't worry about all these big, big and dirt. Yahweh is with you. Who is Haggai? Verse 13. Haggai is Yahweh's messenger. The seal is his messenger. It's right there. But what got to happen in verse 14? This is what the seal got to do in verse 14. Listen to this. Book of Haggai, chapter 1, verse 14 reads, and Yahweh stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shethiel, governor of Yahweh, and the spirit of Oshia, the son of Yoshadak, the high priest, the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and did work in the temple of Yahweh of hosts. There Yahweh. You so you still got to be, got to, you got to be, you be trying to get your spirit up to come do work. Come do work in the temple of Yahweh. Come do some work. Let's do something to pray out people. Great big old place. Man, school, banquet, all radio stick. Do our own booze. Let's do some work. You try to stir your spirit up to come and get in where you've been in at. Huh? Whatever your, your talent is, if it's about the Yahweh's business, get in there. Let's get it going on. This is not your rest. It's going to destroy you. You need a headquarters where big things that fly all over the world and come down and sit with you while you break down what it is to do to help their people. You got to have a big enough headquarters for that. So help us help you. Get that free will off and PayPal and get that 10% in unless you are A.B. or Peter, unless you are Hebrews 7 verse 4. I, I got a question for you. Unless did you are you Hebrews seven verse four? Let's see what say. Let's say Hebrews seven verse four there, A B of Hebrews chapter seven verse four. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the the particle Abraham gave the tenth the of the the patriarch Abraham gave, gave the tenth of the spoils. You say, you say, are you great in Abraham? I'm asking you, are you great in Abraham? Abraham 
is the father of Isaac and Israel, the twelve tribes of Israel, Israelites. Are you greater than him? He gave a tent. What he got his hand on? What what is you greater than Abraham? Well, you don't give your tent? Oh, so you greater than Abraham did. Because if you're not, you ought to follow what Abraham did. The blessing is when you give a tent for what you got and put in that ministry and watch that ministry do something for you. And you can feel well enough, my good and faithful servant. You're not your right. You can keep on spinning and grinning and hold back that tent all you want. But one thing about it, you're going to lose because y'all are going to corrupt you in the brain. You know, you all over the place. But once you release that 10% to the ministry of watch what happens in the settlement of your brain. Then you'll become a, a uh, Colossus 310. Then you do that, guess what it'll do for your mind? A, a bill, Prince Israel. Look what it do for your mind if you do right in 3 verse 10 of Colossians. And he'll have me back in Ezra chapter 9, verse 7 out of verse 23. Wait a minute. Back in Ezra chapter 9, 7 23. But A bill, see this Prince Israel. What is it in Colossians 3 verse 10? Colossians chapter 3 verse 10. And have put in the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Read that again, Elf. Uh, uh, Brother, you all over the place on that one. Take your time to read it. Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Yeah. So you got to put on a new man and a new woman. You got to be renewed in knowledge now. It's time for you to be renewed in knowledge. That's what you got to do. Get a precept on that. Then you have what? Amen. What you have? Proverbs 1, verse 2, 7, and 20. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 2, 7, and 20. So you got to be renewed in knowledge now. It's time for you to get your knowledge up. You want to why your mind all is all over the place now? Because you're not following the rules and regulations. You're not going to pass down place. It's going to be in nope. Every time you get your hand on something, 10 percent come out to the ministry. We're the top. So you think about it. You don't, you don't bring them comes in where you know the economy. Don't worry about the economy. What do Yahweh tell you to do? Let you bring in Abraham. Do Yahweh's business and watch your mind. Proverbs 1, verse 2, 7, and 20. What does it say? Proverbs chapter 1, verse 2, 7, and 20. Verse 2. To know wisdom and un- instruction, to perceive the word of understanding. Verse 7. The fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Verse 20. Wisdom crieth without, and she utter her voice in the streets. Mm-hmm. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 2, 5, 7, and 11. This is Proverbs 4, verse 2, 5, 7, and 11. 
Proverbs chapter 4, verse 2, 5, 7, and 11. Verse 2. For I give you good doctrine, forsake you not my Torah. Verse 4, uh, verse 5. Give wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither declines from the word of your mouth. Verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing, therefore get wisdom and with all your getting, get understanding. Verse 11. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. Mm-hmm. Now, read verse 7 again. Read verse 7 again. Proverbs, 7, Proverbs 2, 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And with all your getting, get understanding. Mm-hmm. Why? Verse, verse 11. Why? Verse 11. Proverbs 4:11. I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. Okay. Let's see how we get wisdom and understanding. Let's see how we get it. Hey, hold that point together before you read that. Let's look at what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter three, one down in verse seven. Let's, let's see how we let's see how we get wisdom and understanding. Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter three, one down in verse seven. Regular book, Bill. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse number one through seven reads. Book of Ecclesiastes three, verse number one. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under the heaven. Verse number two. Time to be born. And time to die. Time to plant. And a time to pluck up that which is planted. Verse number three. Time to kill and a time to heal. Time to break down and a time to build up. Verse number four. Time to weep. Time to light. Time to mourn and time to death. Verse number five. Time to cast away stones. Time to gather stones together. Time to embrace. And a time to refrain from embracing. Six. Time to keep and a time to lose. Time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. Verse seven. A time to rent and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that verse seven. Read verse seven again. I uh, Ecclesiastic chapter three, verse seven. A time to rend, time to soak, a time to keep silent, and a time to speak. Mm-hmm. So he says, all of the time to take it is Let's go to the eleventh chapter. Let's see. Let's see now. Now, we read about that. Now, Paul will pull that verse, and he's going to tell you uh, where he's saying that. Now, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, 16, they explain, Paul was raised from the womb to sit things in order. Now, Paul going to say something in 11, chapter, verse 1, down to verse 9, but I, I want to 
I want to zero in, zero in on three down to verse seven. I want to really zero in on that one. But Paul now, he, he, he read all that. Then Paul had to come to the northern kingdom that was scattered. And then he looked an eyeball to eyeball and said, what? In 11 verse 1, let's read a little bit and see what he said. Book of Corinthians. Yeah, first verse 11, verse 1. Now, Paul pulled in verse 11. Let's see what he says in 11 verse 1. Let's read a little bit and see what he says. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 1 reads, Do you follow the meat, even as I also am of Yahweh the Son? Verse number 2. Verse number 2. Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things, and keep the ordinance as I deliver them to you. Verse number 3. So he said, you must keep He said, not keep Now he said, this will deliver to me. Now, to teach y'all what was delivered to me to give to you. What he said in verse 3. So, what was, let's take it one verse at a time. What was delivered by the high powers, the angels in heaven, to give to Paul to give to you? What he said in verse 3. Verse number 3. But I will have you know that the head of every man is just quite the son. The head of the woman is the man, and the head of Yahweh the son is Yahweh the father. He said, that's the order thing. He said, so there go your head, there go your order. Is this is living to me that come out of heaven. He said, now, this is the order of things that came to me to deliver to you. Then he, now, he will tell them about the order of things. Remember we read in Ezekiel early part, he said, he said, Ezekiel, they, you go tell them, but they're not going to pay you no never mind, but they don't listen to me. So he said, so now, and verse 4, let's, let's, let's read verse 4, let's kind of comment on verse 4, expound on verse 4. What's that verse 4? Look at First Corinthians 11, verse 4. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, just on earth his head. You see that? So he said in verse 4, every man that's praying or prophesying, having his head covered, this honor his head. And we thought his head was Jacquard's son. Man's head is Jacquard's son. So when man is prophesying, praying, teaching, whatever he's doing, he's supposed to do what? Uncover his head. That was in verse 4. Uncover your head if you praying of prophesizing, uncover your head. He said, or you dishonor your head, and we found out man head in the bottom part of three is Yahweh's son. That's man head. So man's friend prophesizing of doing his duty in the book of the Bible, you supposed to uncover your head. First five. Verse number five. But every woman that prays or prophesied with her head uncovered, the sign of her head, but that is even all one as if she was shaven. Now what he said? He said, now when a woman is reading the Bible or hearing the Bible, 
of prophesizing the Bible. She's supposed to immediately make sure her head is covered. Do she dishonor her head? Now, according to verse 3, her head is man. So she, she dishonors the man when she is prophesizing or teaching or explaining anything with the Bible. If she don't have nothing on her head, then she dishonors her head, which is that man, according to verse 3. Now, Paul said, this was delivered to him to tell him. And what happened in verse number 6? Verse number six. For if a woman be not covered, there also be shunned. But if it be a shame for a woman to be shunned or shaven, there be covered. So see, and this will happen with the, the comedian when his, when the brother sits out there in the audience with his wife, they have that bald head, whatever problem he had in the head. But remember he was a comedian and a and a good bald head is a good joke. To make people laugh, so he got hit in the mouth. But if the if the if the the principal Valal was was knew that when your wife came out, she supposed to have her head covered in public when she came out of the house. See, by him not knowing that, he put her in for faith by not knowing the scripture. When you when your better had the woman come out. She's supposed to cover her head. She, a man is supposed to know, or nobody else is supposed to know, do you got low hair or lighter hair? That they don't be supposed to even know that. Because we came out the house, you immediately cover your head. Okay? But by him taking up to the, to the, the big dignitary uh, place and sitting on the first row, and, he, and this guy was a comedian, and he looked over and seen that bald-headed woman sitting over there, and, and he covered a joke on her. Then the, the prince of Bel-Air got to hit him in the mouth. But it really is his fault for being left lack of knowledge. He should have let his better head came out without covering her head. Okay? So that would say him telling a joke and him getting hit in the mouth. If you understand the scripture, verse six again. This is in verse six. Read again, help. The book of First Corinthians, eleven, verse six. For if the woman be not covered, let her also be shown. But if, it, but if, but if it be a shame for a woman to be shown, shown or shaven, let her be covered. Is it? Is it shame? When a woman cuts her hair off. He said, but if you cut your hair off, make sure when you come out the house, cover your head. Then cover your head, then you won't be ashamed. Cover your head. And when you get back home, take the scarf off your head. Go on and cut your hair. That's what he said. You know, Paul said this was delivered to him. What's the next verse in seven? Verse number seven. For a man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and greatness of Yahweh, but the woman is the greatness of the man. Read verse seven again. 
Verse number seven. For man indeed ought not to cover his head, for as much as he is the image and greatness, honor of Yahweh. But the woman is the honor, greatness of the man. So the man supposed to uncover his head. Specifically, when he supposed to do that in verse 4. When do man supposed to really uncover his head in verse 4? Verse 4. Every man praying or prophesying, having his head covered, dishonoreth his head. You see that? That's when a man supposed to make sure he got nothing on his head when he's teaching the book, prophesizing, Anything that came to the word. So when you really go outside or whatever, get into battle or whatever, like Yahweh will come down and have his meat drunk. Then he got it, he got it going on. But when he when it's time to do his book, you, you remove what's on your head off. Then you honor your Yahweh. If you don't do it, you dishonor your Yahweh. And when a woman hear the word coming out, hold the mealy cover her head. Now, if you want to cut a hair, which is a shame, but when you go out the house, put someone on your head, but nobody knows how low your head is. And this is what Paul says. And what Paul says in verse 2? Look at First Corinthians 11, verse number 2. Now I pray, brethren, that you remember me in all things. And keep the ordinance as I delivered them to you. He said, this one's giving the hell to tell you. So we tell you how this operates. And remember what was read in the early part of Ezekiel. Ezekiel, go tell them. They're not going to pay you no never mind, Ezekiel. But they won't listen to me. So I ain't going to pay you the never mind. But your job is to tell them. That's all you can do is tell them. So all this will come back on you. And he said, what in verse 3 again, Elder? Verse 3. First Corinthians 11, verse number 3. But I would have you know that the head of every man is Yahweh the Son. The head of the woman is the man. The head of Yahweh the Son is Yahweh the Father. That is the order of things. He said, Paul said, don't, don't just want to run my head into the tree. This was delivered to me to tell you. That's right there, we're giving you the order of things, but delivered to the six and on the camp to give to you. This is what he's saying, how you supposed to operate. And here's it is. Corinthians chapter, and then he's then he saying something in verse 8 and 9. What he said in verse 8 and 9 there, of the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians. The book of 1 Corinthians 11, verse number 8 reads, for the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Verse number nine. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. So the woman was created for the man. And that's why we read it in Luke chapter one, verse five and six. With the precept and one sixteen to eighteen by A.B. of Phoenix, Princess and Opposing Things. Once you get to the book of Ruth, chapter 1, 16 through 18. I'll take that closing statement there. Amen. But look what he says here. 
that we can read L and 1, verse 5 and 6. Let's read it here. Book of Luke chapter 1, verse number 5 and verse 6 reads, Book of Luke chapter 1, verse number 5, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judah, a certain priest named of the court of Abiah. His wife was of the daughter of Aaron, her name was Elizabeth. Verse number six. They were both righteous before Yahweh, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of Yahweh, blameless. See that? And they were both righteous. See, that's the game changer right there. You both got to be on the same page. You just can't be worried about somebody that can help you advance your career. You both got to be on the same page. You both got to be right to keep the law that you command. And then the how you know when you're working with something, this would be your conversation that A Bill, Phoebe, Princess Israel is going to show you exactly how you're supposed to operate according to Ruth, chapter 1, 16 through 18, and the close of things. What is that, at, Princess Israel? Ruth, chapter 1. Verse 16 through 18. Verse 16. And Ruth said, Intrigue me not to leave you, or to return from following after you. For whither you goest, I will go. And whither you lodges, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your Yahweh shall be my Yahweh. Verse 17. Yeah. Verse 17, where you die is, I will die, and there will I be buried. Yahweh do so to me, and more also. If you, if aught but death part you and me. Verse 18, when she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. You see that? So that's the thing for have. When the man's supposed to leave, and your better half supposed to say, wherever you own, I'm on. Wherever you, where they're going to lay you down, I'll be there too. That's the thing when you know you're working with them. Both you got to be righteous, you got to be on the same page, but you got to know your role. Man leaves, but what kind of man? Let me get that, let me get that 37 verse 12 off. Uh, a, B, or C, B, and a closing statement. 37 verse 12. Oh, uh, uh, Garage. 30, what kind of man you got here? You can't have no handicap man because you got 14 2 and help you with uh, your career. You got your 37 12 man and a, a closing statement. That's when it works. You can't, you can't just get any kind of man and you can't get any kind of woman. Woman got to say that that there, you know you're working with something. Whatever you own, I'm on. And the kind of man a woman got to have is 37 trail man and close the thing. What is that? Hey, be a phoenix. 37 trail Okay. 37 trail Sirach 3712. But be continually with the Yaqwali man, who you know is to keep the Torah instructions of Yaqwah, 
whose mind is according to your mind, and will sorrow with you. With you. Yes. If you shall miscarry. I mean, him saying you puff your own, he rest that foot. That's when you got a Yahweh, man. If you know that keep the law, that's the command. You can't be talking on good games. You got to be keeping the law, that's the commandment. And that's when you submit to that man that's keeping the law, that's the of command. And let look at what WCC said. Now, see, behind that, we're going to cut off the hill. He ain't got no cold baby. He's too talking for the night. We're going to mute him out for the broadcast. Yeah. Well, wait. Hey, Bill you got to give me a couple more verses because um, Big Ziggin' Terrace, uh, M-U-T-E, our elder, Mr. Chickman, called um, Dr. Israel. He didn't mute off the broadcast. Still, while we got it, because it's our radio station. On the other All right. So, um, Give me, give me second Ezra. Well, I have a few. Give me seven down to twelve. We're cutting it down. Well, I got a few verses. I I got a few verses. Okay, well, well, give me seven verse twelve first. Then give me your two verses. Give me second Ezra seven. I mean nine, seven down to verse ten. Then give me some verses. And you close it out again. We're cutting it down because. Big digging terrorists, they don't like what have been presented today. So our ill is nuked off the broadcast. Give me seven, Ezra. Chapter nine, seven down to verse 10. Then give me your closing statement. Come on. Okay, second Ezra, chapter nine, verse seven to 10. Verse seven, everyone that shall be saved and shall be able to escape by his works and by his faith, and by faith, whereby you have believed, verse 8, shall be preserved, preserved from the said perils, and shall see the, my salvation in my land, and within my borders, for I have sanctified them for me from the beginning. Verse 9, then shall they be in the pitfall case, and a pitiful case, which now have abused my ways, and they that have cast them away despitefully shall dwell in torments. You want me to read my... Yeah, oh, verse 10. Okay, for such as in their life have received benefits and have not known me. That's good enough. He said, no, you won't be saved by your works. If you ain't got no works in, you ain't got nothing coming. That's what he's saying. If you ain't got no works in, then you still on the sideline and peek behind the curtain according to 12 verse 3, you ain't got nothing coming. Mm-hmm. You got to get in where you fit in. You got to be clear. You accepting somebody uh, in life, ma'am, about his word. Abel, Phoebe, Princess Israel, you got the last word on the broadcast. Take your time to deliver. Come on. Okay. I thank Yahweh, first of all, for being able to uh, give a word and that the word would 
not fall on deaf ears for those who are willing to hear. And I thank Yaqua for the broadcast giving us the time. And hopefully, even with that being said, that someone would uh, also give their life as well to the Most High. I'm going to read from Acts 7, verse 6, 7, 38, 44, and uh, Exodus 25, 40, and First John 4, 4. Acts chapter 7, verse 6, 7, 38, and 34. Verse 6. And Yahweh spake on his wise, that, this, that his seed should sojourn in the strange land, and that they should bring them into bondage, and intrigue them evil for 400 years. Verse 7. And the nation to whom they shall be in bondage will I judge, said Yahweh. And after that shall they come forth and serve me in this space. Verse 38. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the ministering spirit which spake unto him in the Mount Sinai and with our fathers who received the life Oracle, life lively articles to give him unto us. Verse 44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of the witness in the wilderness, and as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. Exodus chapter 25, verse 40. And look that you make them after their pattern which was sown in you in Mount Sinai. John, 1 John 4, 4. You are of Yahweh, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And I say, hallelujah, Yahweh, hallelujah, Yahweh, hallelujah, Yahweh. Abel, Phoebe, country, Israel. Now, don't want to get in where you fit in at. Get in where you fit in at. But we waiting on this, um, this uh, Spanish-speaking person to come on the broadcast. And look, see, I'm ready to interpret the Bible in Spanish and get in where I fit in at. Come on. You're welcome. Everybody welcome. Because this is a big job ahead of us. See, whatever you're blessed to do, Get in there and do it. We know one thing that the Athenians is going to be coming to this ministry and they're going to get in when they're in there. And we know also that uh, devil in that fourth floor, Captain Ruth, going to come in and devil going to have a spirit. Remember, that spirit of devil is going to be organized. It's going to be no how to push the right button, organize bring in all type of things for the ministry and set it up easy because that's the gift of Deborah. Everybody of old, the spirit of them is in somebody. So the spirit got to be sitting in position and to recognize that spirit when it comes. That spirit of Deborah. Mother Deborah. Israel. 
That spirit would be an organizer spirit, how to make things work. That mother is going to present herself before those fears. And we're going to recognize her from the page of the book because she's going to be an organizer. She's going to be out know how to organize things because it's a big job ahead of us. So those that get in, get in where you get in at. Your talent is welcome. Huh? And we're going to watch you from the page of the book. You know, all the ones of old, according to Ecclesiastes 1, verse 11, is back today. But they don't know they are that person because he's erased that memory from them. But they work. It's going to be according to the way several mothers ever operated. She's going to be able to organize. Bring in programs. She's going to be, be a mover and a shaker in the word of Yahweh. See? And we know our pennies is coming according to 1 Maccabees 2, 42 to 44. And they're going to join in. And this thing going to grow. And then tomorrow night, blessing at 6 o'clock, we're going to show you when that, when that is in order, how Yahweh going to step in and give us the double. And, and we'll get out a J520 when you're able to help a sinner from their wicked ways turn back to this Bible it hides a multitude of your sins and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to lift you up and another thing problems, problems happen to us because we are treated in the hospital like we are like everybody else no, we are different we are different from everybody else. We was given a specific what to eat and what not to eat. We was never given to eat chicken, cow, or pig. You can eat it on moderation, but you got to know how to get rid of it, how to digest it out of your body. You, that, is, you are, that is not your diet. The other things you can eat that stuff. They won't have high blood pressure, all type of diseases. But that's bad on us. We're supposed to eat green food with a lot of corn. Corn is a blood purifier. It'll get your immune system up, the corn. The watermelon will flush out any toxins in your body. See, remember, you got to know who you are. Of Israel. You can't eat that catfish, shrimp, lobster, uh, dairy product. That's bad on you because you never had that before. But when you follow the other nation, you don't know, but that's what we come to show you. You want to get rid of all the problems in your body? Put Yahweh first. Wills from Solomon 16 by 12. Put Yahweh first. And for 90 days, put down the king's knee. Put the king's knee down for 90 Leave his coffee alone for 90 days. Leave his caffeine alone. Leave all his soft food alone. Leave his chicken, cow and hog alone. Shrimp, lots of Chinese food. Leave that alone for 90 days. Then all of a sudden, turn around 90 days later and look at your body. Doc Cook said, you know, you know, I made a lot of money off you. Why? 
God, dog, look, look at you now. Uh, you messed around and sent me to the poorhouse. Y'all going right. Because they're not going to tell you. You're not the same people. You're different. You can't eat what they eat. They can eat rattlesnakes. Huh? They can eat all that kind of rattlesnakes. You want to ask the ball what's supposed to be rattlesnakes. They'll tell you what it is. They can eat. You, you can't even eat Chinese food. That ain't for you neither. See, you got to know what exactly is in Genesis 1, 29 to 31. You're supposed to eat green food. A lot of corn. A lot of fish. See? They got fins and scales. Which you can go on and on, but it'll cover it. Like, you know, cover it there. And remember, back on the airways tomorrow at 6 o'clock. He's trying to wake you up, Steve Reagan. You don't have to be in this pain and these problems in the body, in the mind. The reason you in, 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 in the mind you got problems because you put, you don't want to do what the Bible tells you to do unless you're great Abraham. Or whatever you get your hand on goes to the ministry. You'd be surprised on how your mind will start relaxing because you see the progress of your grandparents, elderly people coming to the classes, Learn about the word that they ain't going up, up in the way. You'll be right here. Ain't no such thing as no rapture. Huh? And the children of Israel, is like it's dark skinned, brownish people. Many shades of brown. The Bible made it plain, black. When King James authorized the Bible with the 47 scholars, he didn't send them to Latin and Greek through the Bishop Bible. He said, go to the Hebrew. Translate the Bible for in English from the Hebrew. And that's why you know children of Israel as black folks. So long as you're reading the Latin, you, you translate from the Latin and the Greek, you'll be all over the place. The Latin and the Greek help translate the Bible. The best Bible to have is the King James 1611. That's a close thing to the, to the original, to the original Hebrew. You can make it from now. As long as you're going through the land of the Greek, you're going to be all over the place. All right, we'll stop it right there. Remember one thing. Back on the airway tomorrow, and maybe even A, B, or C, back on the mile. We don't know, but we'll find out. Tomorrow, we're back on the airway tomorrow from the elders, from the mothers, the sisters, the brothers, and those on the international side. I'll say hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on.